0: Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Relationship Center on the Edify Podcast Network. My name is Anis Wamboe, and we are concluding our series today, our series on the benefits of God's word. And we've been looking at the book of Psalms chapter 19. We're going to be looking from verse 7. To, we've been looking at uh, verse 7 all the way to verse 14. And the book of Psalms chapter 19 uh, gives us the various benefits of the word of God. Under the first podcast, please go check it out. We say that It says the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. And here God's word is presented as a perfect law that refreshes the soul. And then... Um, Uh, We we told the statutes of the Lord are trustworthy and we looked at that in the second podcast, how the statutes of the Lord that are trustworthy make wise the simple. And then in the third podcast, we looked at the precepts of the Lord that are right and that the result is that they bring joy to our heart. And then we looked at the next one in the fourth podcast that says the commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. And then last week in episode 5, we looked at the fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. So this... These um, truths uh, are telling us about the benefits of God's word. And we are seeing that uh, our souls are refreshed. We move from simplicity to wisdom. We get joy in our hearts. We get light in our eyes, understanding. You know, we get content that is eternal, enduring forever. And today we're going to look at the final part that says the decrees of the Lord are righteous and all of them, the decrees of the Lord rather affirm, and all of them are are righteous. So I'm going to read the rest of the text from Psalm 19. It goes on in verse 10 to say, they are more precious than gold, than much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. By them your servant is warned, and in keeping them there is great reward. And then it says, who can discern his own errors? Forgive my hidden faults. Keep your servant also from willful sins that they may not rule over me. Then I will be blameless, innocent of great transgression. And that is the word of the Lord. So, We've looked at the word of the Lord uh in, in various uh, manifestations if we may say or in various it it manifests itself in various ways. It's a law, it's a statute, it's a precept, it's a command, it it himself itself as the fear of the Lord. And so laws, statutes, precepts, commands, fear are uh, all those and at the fear we said is the reverence of the Lord. All those are great, great, great uh, representations of the word of God. And today we come to the final representation, which says the decrees of the Lord are firm and all of them are righteous. What is a decree? What is a decree? A decree is an official order that has the force of law the decrees, the decrees of the Lord are firm. What are these? The official orders of the Lord are firm. The orders of the Lord that have got the force of law, This from the Lord, these decrees, these official orders of the Lord, what are they? They are firm and all of them are righteous. Now, decrees are often passed by uh, legislative bodies or by people in authority or by kings presidents you know uh, people who've got legal mandate they pass decrees and many times decrees are known to be permanent and if you read the bible there are certain kings who passed decrees And these decrees were firm. And so were decrees by human beings. There was a decree known as the law of the Medes and the Persians. And if you read the book of Esther, we are told that the Medes and the Persians had this irrevocable law that once the king made a decree, it was permanent. It could not be undone, even by the king himself. And that's why when the king made a decree, that the people of Israel ought to be killed. He did not, he could not retract it. He could not retract it. So what he had to do is that he had to issue another decree for the Israelites to protect themselves against their enemies. So you see that kind of decree is firm. You also realize when King Darius in the book of Daniel uh, had made a decree, uh, the the, the satraps approached him and they told him, hey, O king, would you live forever? And so they pandered at his ego and they compelled him to pass a decree that required anyone who did not uh, uh, worship him, anyone who did not uh, turn to him uh who, who worshiped other gods you know to be to, to to be punished to be banished and in doing so they put daniel in a trap in a trap and daniel worshiped the one true god and now king darius had made this decree he could not reverse it that decree was firm. And what happened? Daniel was thrown in the in the den of lions. And when he was thrown in the den of lions, the king could only hope that the God of Daniel was indeed the one true God and would save him. Save him from danger. And that's exactly what happened. The God of Daniel protected Daniel from the mouth of the lions. And so the decrees of the king were firm, but they could not be reversed. Now, I want you to think just how serious earthly decrees are. How serious they are when they've been passed and they cannot be amended they do not have constitutions that can amend laws. Those decrees were once and for all. And some of those decrees were absurd. Now the Bible tells us that we've got a king who is more than human. We've got a heavenly king. We've got a king of heaven. We've got a king of righteousness. We've got the maker of heaven and earth. He is a king. And guess what? He speaks. And when he speaks... Those words that he speaks are decrees. And those words, the Bible says, the decrees of the Lord are firm. They are firm. The decrees of the Lord cannot be shifted. The decrees of the Lord cannot be changed. They are firm. You know, the Bible emphasizes this nature concerning God's word, that once God says something, it is firm. It cannot be shaken. The Bible says in Luke chapter 21, 21 verse 33, and also in Matthew 24 verse 35, Jesus said, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will remain. And in another part, he says, not a single tittle of the law will pass away, but heaven and earth will pass away. A tittle is, is is a jot, you know, it could be a comma, An apostrophe, that simple stroke, that simple stroke that comes out from God's word. When God speaks and he takes a pause, that pause has got eternal value. That pause is a holy pause and it's got weight, it's got power and it is firm. When the Lord says this is the word of the Lord, it is firm, it is an Changeable, it is sure, more sure than the laws of the need and the passions, more sure than the decrees of governments, more sure than the decrees of monarchies. It is firm. The Bible also says in Proverbs chapter 30, verse 5: that every word of the Lord is flawless. Think about that: the word of the Lord is flawless and which speaks into the second part of Psalm 19, uh, verse 8b. It says, The decrees of the Lord are firm, and all of them are righteous. So not only are they firm, but they are good. Now earthly kings and earthly monarchies and earthly men will pass on decrees that are absurd, will pass on decrees that are crazy, that are foolish, that are backward, that are antithetical to righteousness. They'll pass laws and decrees that are sinful, they will make it legal, but just because it's legal does not mean it is righteous. Just because it's got legal backing in the Constitution does not mean it is right in the eyes of God. And the Bible says God's decrees, not only are firm, but they're righteous. And the Bible affirms in Proverbs 30 verse 5, these firm decrees are flawless. Flawless, without fault, without error without hint of a tint, without any kind of difficulty leased into it. Now, you need to understand that the righteous nature of God's word is important because God affirms this concerning himself in Numbers 23 verse 19. It says, God is not a man that he should lie, nor is he a son of man that he should change his mind does he speak and then not act does he promise and not fulfill god fulfills his word god speaks and god acts what are you saying that god's word is not only firm but it is trustworthy it is righteous you have got the comfort that you don't have a tyrant seated on the throne of heaven You've got the comfort that you don't have a dictator seated on the throne of heaven, that you don't have a Hitler-esque or a Stalinesque type of leader that is seated on the throne of heaven. You've got a righteous king. Righteous. One who will fight for the cause of the needy. One who will fight for the cause of those who are oppressed. One who is a god of justice. This is our king. And his decrees are firm. Not only are they firm, they are righteous. This is what the Bible says also concerning the word of God. In Psalm 138 verse 2, the Bible says, You, O Lord, have exalted your word above all your name. You, Lord, you, sorry, you have exalted your word above all your name. The Bible is saying that, excuse me, God has taken the word of God. He's taken his word and he has put it above his name. Now, the name of God, (laughs) the name of God is a, a holy name. God's name is pure. God's name is righteous. God's name is certain. God's name is without error. And yet the Bible is telling us that God has placed his word above his name. So who is he? He's Jehovah Elohim, he's the eternal creator. God's word is more sure than him being the creator, if I could use that example loosely. God's word is as certain as he is the creator, perhaps that's more accurate. Who is he? He's Adonai, he's a sovereign God. That means that God's word is also sovereign. That God's word cannot just be easily manipulated. He is Elion, the God Most High. That means God's name. God's word is so, so high. God's word is lofty. He is Jehovah Elohim. He is the everlasting God. That also means that God's word is everlasting. He is El Shaddai. He is the all-sufficient God of power. That means that God's word is full of power. His word is not empty rhetoric. His word is not just another historical document. No. His words have power because he's El Shaddai and he has exalted his word above his name. He's Jireh, He's the provider. That means his word provides for us. His word, that word can be a source of provision, a source of provision of comfort, of rebuke, of encouragement, of, 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 of righteous rebuke. His word can provide for us all that we need. All our spiritual needs are found in the word of God. Did you hear that? All our spiritual needs are found in the word of the Lord. He has exalted his word above his name. He is Jehovah, he is Jehovah Nissi. He is the Lord, our banner. What does that mean? That means that a banner, a banner flies above the sky. A banner, um, a banner is a symbol. A banner is an emblem that 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 speaks of your identity guess what god has exalted his word above his name that means god's word is his banner god's word is the one that identifies who god is if you want to know who god is look at the scriptures when jesus was the disciples they told him show us the father and we will be satisfied and then he told the disciples but haven't you been with me for so long don't you know that if you've seen me you've seen the father Jesus is the word of God. Jesus is the word of God. And he's saying, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. The word of God is an accurate representation of who our God is. Who is God? God is Jehovah, excuse me, God is Jehovah Rapha. He's a healer. That means his word can bring healing, healing to our souls. Our souls can receive healing. Our souls can receive comfort and healing from the word of God. Who is he? He's is Jehovah Shalom. He's the God of peace. God has exalted his word above his name, meaning his word brings peace. His word can be spoken in a situation and bam, peace. Peace can lock itself in our lives because of the word of God. The word of God can bring a garment of peace all around us. It can lift up anxiety many times I've had people who've received comfort just by listening to a scripture that encouraged them. And truly they knew that Jehovah is Shalom. He is Jehovah Sabaoth. He's the Lord of hosts. He's the one who fights for us. Meaning God's word that has been exalted above God's name. That means God's word is our protection. God's word is our tool for warfare. As we fight the enemy, God's word is Saba'oth, just like his name. He's Jehovah Rohi, he's our shepherd. That, mean God, that means God's word guides us, God's word leads us. That you can be in a situation where you're not exposed to proper training spiritually. But if you have the word of, if you have the word of God, it will train you. If you have the truth, Excuse me, if you have the truth, it will train you. I remember growing up in high school and I really didn't have uh, anyone to mentor me when I came to Christ. I gave my life to Christ, but I didn't have anyone just, you know, walk with me, teach me the truth, disciple me. But you know what I did? I read the word of God every day. I studied it, I memorized it, I, 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 I meditated on it and as a result... The word of God became Rohi, my shepherd, just like God. God shepherded me through his word. Who is God? God is Jehovah Sidkeno. He is the Lord, our righteousness. And that's what the word of God is that has been exalted above God's name. God is our righteousness. Therefore, the word of God is also our righteousness. The word of God can sanctify us. The word of God can convict us of sin, of righteousness, of judgment. The word of God can turn us away from foolishness and turn towards righteousness and can make us understand the character of God. God is our righteousness. Who is God? God is Jehovah Shammah. He is our sanctifier. Sorry, Shammah is the Lord who is present. Sorry, Jehovah Shammah, he is the God who is present. That means the word of God can make the presence of God tangible. When you read it, you can understand that God is for you. God is not against you. God is fighting for you. And who is God? He is Mekadishken. he is our sanctifier. Just as the word of God, just like the word of God, God cleanses us. And similarly, the word of God can do that. If God cleanses us, the word of God that has been exalted above his name can cleanse us. It can remove pride, lust, envy, greed gluttony wrath, sloth—it it is a means for cleansing the bible says in the book of ephesians chapter 5 that the word of god is like water that a husband uses to wash his wife just like christ uses the word to wash the church of christ so that we may be presented holy blameless and without any wrinkle or blemish the word of God has been exalted above his name and this word is firm. It's as firm as God himself and it is righteous. Guys, this word will not fail. And what does that mean? That means that it is a waste of time to argue with the word of God. That means it is a waste of time to oppose the word of God. Many have tried, many have failed. That means that if you think something is right, but you open the word of God and see that you are wrong, that you must understand it's a losing battle. You're fighting against an immovable object. It's firm. And you're fighting against something that is righteous, pure, without fault. When you have a contrary idea to the scriptures, when you believe God is unfair, and you read the Bible and you see God is good, it's up to you to humble yourself and admit that the word of God is right and you are wrong. It is up to you to sit down in humility and say, is God's word firm or is my opinion firm? Um, here in the 21st century, with people getting social media accounts, having with the ubiquity of mobile phones, um, you write a tweet, it appears right next to the president, the president's tweet, you write an update on Facebook, it appears right next to a multi-million company's update, and you can get a false sense of importance, and you can get a false sense of thinking that your opinions are really of much value. Well, in truth, uh, they often are not. They're just opinions. And at times you can feel so strongly and so passionately about your opinions. But the Lord said, no matter how strongly you feel, no matter how sincere you are, you are sincerely wrong. Why? Because the decrees of the Lord and God has decreed them. God has decreed them. It's not a man who has decreed It is God who has decreed them and they are firm. This is what the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 8. The Bible says when Paul is writing the Thessalonians, he's saying, By the way, anyone who rejects this instruction does not reject a human being, but rejects God, the very God who gives his Holy Spirit. These decrees are not from man. They're not from the Pope. They're not from the pastor. They're not from the bishop. They're from God himself. And they are firm. May we submit to it? May we submit to them. May we turn our hearts and learn that the decrees of the Lord are firm and they are righteous. May we spend time in the word of God and get these benefits. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in. I hope this has been a great series that has helped you, that has edified you. Please share all six episodes to your friends, to your family, to your loved ones. Please let them know that the word of God is available on the Relationship Center podcast. And for more great podcasts that will build your faith and inspire you, please head over to www.edify.app, that is E-D-I-F-I dot A-P-P, or you could search for the Edify app in the App Store and in the Google Play Store. My name is Anis Wamboye, and we'll see you next time.